Hello, and welcome to the Exposing Pseudo-Astronomy podcast. My name is Stuart Robbins, and on this episode, I'm giving you all a very much overdue update. If you hadn't noticed, this podcast has not put out a new episode in, what, four or five months? Even though on the last episode, I pretty much said, hey, I'm getting back to a normal release schedule. Clearly, that did not happen. Uh, The reason is, well science. Uh, As you know, I, or most of you know, I work on the New Horizons mission to Pluto, but I also have about five other projects that I'm supposed to do research on. Uh, Supposed to do as in I am funded to do them, and I have specific reporting requirements due to NASA, the funding agency, annually. And not all of them are my own projects. So not only do I have my own reporting requirements, but I have to do stuff that provides data for other people for their own reporting requirements. As such, basically, I've been working 80-ish hour weeks or so and have had very, very little time for, well, anything but doing work. So for example, because I know that uh, what I do interests some of you, Let's say, for example, that I'm going to put together a crater catalog for Pluto and Charon, so the two main bodies that New Horizons flew by in July of 2015. So my research project, the little tiny slice of science that I've been able to carve out that I can work on, is to put together a consensus crater catalog. Now this is important because on previous missions for previous bodies, people have pretty much been doing their own thing. This can lead to significant problems. So for example, it led to, on Vesta, what we refer to as the Vesta controversy. This is a case where there were people working on the Dawn mission that flew by Vesta, orbited Vesta, and now is on at Ceres, um, as I record this, and you had two different groups who mapped craters. One group found one thing, they had one population of craters across the whole body of Vesta, and the other group had, well, a considerably different result. As a consequence of that, you have these giant basins on Vesta where one of them has been dated to two billion years under one person's or one group's crater counts, and the other basin has been dated to four billion years. That's a significant difference, and that leads to radically different interpretations about the overall evolution of the body, of the impact rates in the asteroid belt, and therefore the impact rates that would happen in the inner solar system, like here on Earth, and various other things. And as a consequence, uh, everyone on the Vesta team, pretty much when they write a paper that talks about ages on Vesta, they have to cite results using both chronologies, which, as I said, and as I just gave an example for, leads to radically different results. So for New Horizons, we decided at the beginning that we really didn't want to put everyone through that. And so what we wanted to do was to put out a consensus crater catalog based on independently mapping craters by different people. And I said, hey, well, I did this study in 2014, which was the first one where we looked at this uh, for the moon, and we looked at the variation of how people varied in their crater mapping. And so it seems like I'd be a good person to lead this up. I did that. 
and then I had to do a lot of extra work. So this is the case where I thought that I could do my own crater markings, I could take those mapped by a few other people, and then I could run an automated cluster code that would basically say, so feature A in Stuart's catalog, feature G in someone else's catalog, and feature Z in someone else's catalog are all the same crater based on the size and location. Didn't turn out that way. The problem is that the coordinate system for Pluto and Charon is still changing a little bit as we keep getting new data. Now, it's defined as zero degrees longitude is uh, on Pluto is the position that faces Charon, and uh, it's zero or 180. I think it's also zero degrees on Charon that faces Pluto. Um, they're defined that way for longitude. Also, the poles are defined based on the, uh, the spin axis. But anything and everything in between is subject to some fluctuation based on exactly how we reconstruct the orbit, exactly how we reconstruct how the cameras were pointed, and exactly how we match up features on the different images that we got back from the spacecraft. And because we still are getting back images... Well, now, over three-quarters of a year later, and we still only have a little over half of the data back, well, the coordinate system is still being slightly adjusted. That means that if someone mapped craters early on on one of the very early versions of the global mosaic, the global base map, and I mapped craters on a different version, and someone else mapped craters on a different version, that automated cluster code is useless. So that meant that I got to spend an extra month of work, uh, just manually combining about 20,000 craters by eye, by hand, saying these are the same by different people. Uh, that, that was a delightfully boring, boring task. But, you know, that paper is finally submitted to a peer-reviewed journal, and I can move on. Of course, now, as I said, I have my other reporting requirements for other work. So this this is meant to not be an excuse. Uh, it's just meant to explain that, no, the podcast has not died. Uh, no, I haven't died. I haven't moved on. I haven't been bought off by, I don't know, Big Telescope or something. Uh, I still want to put out new episodes. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, this work has kind of, well taken over my life more than I had hoped or expected to. Um, that's not to say I don't like what I'm doing. You know, I got into science because I like doing it. I think it's interesting. Uh, but it does mean that some things are taking a lot longer than I thought they would, meaning that I have a lot less time to dedicate to the podcast. As such, uh, what I've decided to do is that I am going to not put out a new episode until... I have at least three or four episodes written. That's two months' worth of episodes. That way, if I get bogged down with work again, I'm not going to have to go through this start and stop and start and stop and start and stop thing again with you. That's not fair to you. It's not, well, it's not fair to you. So with that said, realistically speaking, uh, I'm hoping to come out of hiatus midsummer in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, so that would be maybe July-ish to August-ish. I say that because um, on my two grants, one of them, my anniversary date is August 1st, meaning that the report to NASA is due 60 days before then. So that would be June 1st. And my other one, the anniversary date is 
October 1st, meaning that the reports of everything that I've done my first year is due August 1st. So based on that, and so based on how much I'm going to be cramming work in to get enough done to justify the second year of funding on each of those, that's kind of when I expect the next episode to start to trickle out, well, again, come out about once every two weeks, is hopefully around that time period. Uh, as always, you can stay tuned to the Facebook page for the podcast. That really is where I tend to post updates most frequently now, like little tidbits like, hey, I saw this crazy article, isn't this crazy? Or, hey, I listened to uh, this clip by this really, really crazy person uh, recently, isn't this humorous, or spot the logical fallacy, or stuff like that. Um, even those of you who aren't on Facebook, you can still go to the page, I believe, because uh, it is should be public, whether or not you have a Facebook account. Uh, so you can check there to make sure that, yes, I'm still alive, and the podcast is still alive. It is just, at this point, really time to admit that it is on hiatus. Um, again, I apologize for that, but Sometimes real life takes precedence over what we would like to do. So with that said, I am still planning for the next episode, at least two episodes, possibly up to three episodes at this point, to be about Flat Earth stuff. I have now, uh, it must be at least three, two to three hour long uh, clips worth of things that uh, are going to be seed material for that. So get ready to listen to a lot of crazy. Uh, I've also had a lot of write-ins asking me to do flat earth stuff because for some reason that I don't understand, it's gotten a resurgence, including from a por former podcast guest. Uh, Dr. Michael Heiser has written to me asking me to please do some sort of episode on flat earth because he gets some really crazy people writing into his blog uh, advocating flat earth stuff. And the links that he sent me were things that I hadn't seen from other sources. So, yeah, uh, at least two episodes on the Flat Earth coming up, possibly three. And there is other stuff in the queue as well. I have, well, enough material and ideas uh, are planned out for at least the next ten episodes. So, as I said, not dead yet, but definitely time to admit that it is on hiatus. Um, none of us like to admit things that we are not proud of, but hey... Sometimes it just, you just have to come out and say it. So with that said, I will end this little over 10 minute apology and see you next time.